Welcome to Making Metric Easy, presented by Outlaw Technology. I'm Hans Dietrich. And I'm Brie Oaxaca. And each week we speak with the companies in the trenches of the seed to sale process. Today we're happy to welcome Justin Garcia from another long-term partner of Outlaw, SunMed Growers in Maryland. SunMed is the largest cultivator in Maryland. Hey, Justin. Hey, guys. Happy to be here. Thanks for having me. We're happy to have you. We also have one of our regular guests, Dave Eagleson, CEO and founder of Outlaw Technology. He's known and worked with Justin for a few years now already. Hey, Dave. Hey, Johns. How you doing? Justin, what is your role at SunMed and how did you get started in the industry? I like to joke here that I'm basically the paperwork guy here at SunMed. The official title is compliance manager. And what that means is I like to maintain the data integrity for SunMed growers piece of the seed to sale system here in Maryland. So from the moment it goes into the ground to the moment it's transferred to a dispensary, we're responsible for recording all of those moves and transactions. And I make sure that all gets written down and put into our uh, lovely metric system and everywhere else it needs to go. Like most people, you you find yourself here. I did go a little out of my way to try to get my way here. I happened to meet our uh, founder and president, uh, Jake Van Wingerden, over the course of my last job. And just kind of through relentless persistence, I kept reaching out until the timing was just so that an opening in compliance happened. His day one guy, unfortunately, had to relocate. That unfortunate thing for him turned into a huge opportunity for me. So I've been here a little over four years now. When I got here, we were about 30 people. They described it to me as a startup in, uh, in our interview. And now we're over 150 people, probably going to reach 200 people by the end of the year. That's very interesting. And speaking of relentless persistence, I remember reaching out to you three or four years ago repeatedly uh, about our systems, and it took us a lot of persistence to get to you. Dave, you actually went in and met with Justin and eventually got in there. That's an interesting story. I'd like you to talk about that a little bit, Dave, if you want to start. Yeah, I think it actually was a, com- a common person that we knew. So Jake, I met with Jake initially, as as Justin pointed out, the CEO and founder of the company, uh, was able to go in there and kind of show him what we do and talk. And he was kind enough to connect Justin and I together. And that was kind of really got the whole program going. Yeah, at the time, in fact, I remember they were trying to write, correct me if I'm wrong, Justin, you guys were trying to write some software. In fact, I remember you had built, commendedly, commend you on it, but you had built kind of your own system for the harvest process where you were able to do just more of data capture. Wasn't that correct? Yeah. So with, with Harvest specifically, that one was a lot more manual entry there. We did have a time where we tried to find a software solution by working with a company who offered to basically build out a cultivation metric touching software with us as a partner. They had been in the dispensary space and were trying to make it more of MRP kind of system, or at least a system that other licensees could use. We went down that path for, gosh, I mean, a year and a half, almost two now, maybe, until eventually it, it, it ran its course. And I think when we kind of realized where the shortfalls would be, we started looking for other things that we'd have to plug in. And then I think that's that's the happenstance of perfect timing with you guys and your persistence as well. But yeah, just to describe what I guess the, the big thing that you guys helped us with, I'd say Outlaw for us initially came to us as as a solution for harvesting. So as you mentioned, we are the largest cultivator here in the state of Maryland. We are now, and even at the beginning, we always were. I think we had a few more peers in size in the beginning than maybe we do now. But 
at the time, even, you know, even harvesting a few hundred plants a day, essentially the process was using a scale, weighing up each plant, and then using a permanent marker to write the weight on each plant. And then that ta- those tags would get counted and batched and said, okay, we were supposed to have 120 purple punch and we have 120 in this bag. So all good. <laughs> and then they'd get brought over to my desk. And then from there, I'd scan each tag individually, manually record the weight of each tag, verify those tags against metric to make sure they were the right strain, then use the CSV import format to get it into metric. I mean, basically it, it, it was a whole, it was another job after the job of harvesting, right? It's wow. another, it's another person that we had to put in there. So in our earlier days, I was kind of just the nexus for all of our data, right? They write it down. It comes to me. I put it in. And then lo and behold, SunMed keeps getting bigger and bigger. The harvest keep getting bigger and bigger. I'm here well past clock out or well past shutdown for the for the tradition staff here. So we knew we had to find something that could integrate. And then when I heard that Outlaw can connect scale to metric to audit all in one system, and then all I would have to do is review and send, this, the pitch was pretty easy once we were able to see the product. That's awesome to hear, Justin. How much are you guys harvesting now, you know, as the largest cultivator in Maryland, now that adult use has gone into effect? Basically, our throughput is a little over a little over 2,000 plants a week. So we plant two to 3,000 plants a week and harvest two to 3,000 plants a week. So that essentially translates into a harvest almost every day, five days a week, Monday to Friday, multiple strains, multiple crops, all uh, quite large. So what sort of time savings are you guys seeing now with your harvest? How long is it taking you every day? So the beauty of the system is that as we've grown, right, it's not like we've stayed the same and I can keep measuring, you know, like, and now it takes this less. I said, well, what we can do is, you know, we're not harvesting till the end of the bell anymore, right? And I'm not staying and we're not spending extra admin time, you know, doing a review and re-entering in all the data. So, I mean, essentially it's, it's hours on the, on an admin level. It's an entire position you don't need to necessarily bring on. I think a lot of, a lot of licensees, um, have roles that I've heard like metric coordinators, right. And for a lot of different tasks and positions, what I think this tool and what outlaw the OG harvests can do is kind of empower any of the team members to use a very intuitive, very easy UX software to be able to do right, which is to record the weight of these plants and make sure that we're, you know, accounting for everyone that's supposed to be there. And then when it comes to getting it into the system or making, you know, what I call like the, the official legal statement of, of what happened for the day, right, that becomes a much more streamlined process for a me or a metric coordinator that can now do this across multiple departments and teams because it's basically all just one place to review. Keeps your 200 employees focused on the plants. Yes, exactly. When the harvest is done, the teams can pack up, clean up, and move on to the next section of the greenhouse, not take half of that harvest team and then put them in front of a computer for, you know, for the for the rest of the day. And then honestly, we we talk a lot about the harvest thing, but something that I remember it came up, it was it almost couldn't have been more serendipitous that we just signed on with Outlaw. But I remember Metric came out with a bulletin seemingly out of nowhere that was like, hey, I now need you to record an individual weight of waste for every plant you destroy. There, you know, when I started here, if you if a plant died, it, it you just destroyed it. You know, plant was alive and now it's gone. 
basically it turned into you now have to essentially harvest every plant, whether it's <laughs> destroyed or harvested. That's so, right. so when you talk about a, a grow as large as us, it's a lot easier to grow more than what you need. Right. So we have this space for the plants and then we get to be selective about the best looking plants, the most vigorous looking plants that deserve to move on to the next phase. Right. So for us moving from veg to flower, you know, we could see, you know, if there's, I think we've pushed through uh, plant kills of upwards of like 500, 600 plants in a single day. Right. So if I think back to what that process would be, if it was still like on the harvest system, you know, where we're writing down weights of every tag. I mean, some of these plants are, you know, it's, <laughs> they can only be, but so big at that state. So you're talking about writing five, 10, 15 grams over and over and over and over and over again, you know? So it's the, the mind numbing piece that, you know, you, we can, you can kind of separate from it. And then, yeah, it was, it was one of those things where we were really concerned about how we were going to capture this data. And then we realized that Outlaw has just as easy to use of a feature to destroy plants as they do to harvest. And I think you guys made that software patch. I mean, before I even realized I could use it, I appreciate you guys being able to kind of grow and roll with the punches that Metric can sometimes dole out. I think people need to understand SunMed uh, has a long history of being in the plant growing business. I mean, I first went in there, their greenhouses, it's, it's impressive the way they've got the the layouts and things are done by tables and moved in, in group sections. So Justin was kind enough to walk me through and show me where they're at. And they have a very large parcel or property. So I think they've got room to grow, so to speak. I'm curious if you can just kind of give people a sense of the history of SunMed. I know when I met Jake, if I recall, the family business has been in in growing, not cannabis, mind you, but other things for years. That's, that's absolutely right. So SunMed at its core is a plant company, right? When we started and we were one of the first licensees to uh, to be awarded a license in cannabis here in Maryland. We were only a grower. Um, since then, we've added on a processing license as well to be able to do, you know, the other half of of this market. But at our core, our identity is a plant company. So I mentioned him earlier, but our founder and president, Jake Van Wayerden, is a third generation greenhouse grower. They've been using Dutch style greenhouses like we have right here at SunMed, albeit this is probably the most sophisticated and state of the art one that we've grown, but he grows these same, but we use these same sound horticultural practices to grow marigolds and poinsettias and petunias, right? Bedding plants for garden centers across the East coast. So just five miles down the road, Tidal Creek growers, I don't, looks not a lot like some med because it's, you know, a little bit of a lower, uh, a lower uh, margin plant there is to move poinsettias than it is um, to move cannabis. But what you see is growing at scale. Right. So a lot of what we do at SunMed is being able to see the plant as a plant and not an exotic fruit, so to speak. Right. If you give this thing a clean environment, light, water, food, it's going to grow. And I think we take that simple approach and that scalable approach to just everything that we do. So, you know, we, we source equipment that you don't typically see in cannabis operations, but are just typical day-to-day operations at a plant nursery or where they grow tomatoes and, you know, vegetables, right? We use things like UVC light to be able to preemptively disinfect our crop from with mold and mildew, right? We, I mean, the our, our material handling systems, right, that Dave mentioned, the tables, the table is basically what we designed our entire greenhouse from the ground up on, right? Here's this rectangle that we're able to roll and move plants on 
and we can do it without any of the backbreaking labor that comes with moving thousands of plants. And it's all basically the the vision from the beginning. I remember we I was walking, just we had just commissioned the outdoor grow of our greenhouse where we had initially started at 60,000 square feet, tripled to 180,000 square feet. And with the outdoor grow, now we're at 300,000 square feet of, of growing space. And I remember walking around the outside after we just kind of had it commissioned. And I was like, Jake, did you ever think that you'd get here? And without skipping a beat, he looked at me and said, absolutely. Right. So the, the scale, the scale and the vision for what we are was always there. I think that's the special thing about working here at SunMed is that not only is it just a company that cares about plants and people and being a local operator in an industry that's dominated by multi-state organizations, this is, this is a company that has a clear vision for what it wants to be. And that's to be the cultivator and processor in the state of Maryland. And we do that by caring about plants and about people. So that obviously already sets you guys apart from a lot of other people in the industry because you have, and your founders have such an extensive cultivation background, albeit, you know, not just in cannabis. What other tips would you put out there for other growers, you know, not necessarily in Maryland because your competitive, your competition's there, but throughout the country, how is, how to stay efficient, how to stay competitive, especially now with shrinking margins. I know Maryland's doing better than most as far as price goes, but what would be the biggest tip? Obviously, you know all the plant. It sounds like you know all the cultivation tips there are, but anything else you'd like to put out there? Well, I think scalability and automation is something that we've always looked to as something that we invest in and lean into, right? So whether it's the size of the facility or it's the automated packaging and labeling line that keeps up with the speed of and production output of our greenhouse, right? I think in a world where adult use is happening in more places and you're going to see more and more licenses and knock on wood, we may see federal legalization someday, right? And what that means is that an industry that many people see as a gold, as a gold mine right now will eventually turn into a copper mine. Right. And the, the difference between those two kinds of mines is that the only way you survive in a copper mine is if you can do it efficiently and at a low cost. So I think you're going to start seeing a lot more grows that look like SunMed and that, you know, a hybrid Dutch style greenhouse is the best of both worlds. We have a, an incredibly sophisticated and climate controlled environment with all the benefit of not needing to generate all of the light that we need for our plants. Right. We're able to we're an indoor grow with a glass roof. I like to say huge on electricity. I mean, we look around. I mean, the electricity bill is big, but I can imagine if it were, you know, a windowless warehouse, right, where we had to generate all of that ourselves. And I mean, being in a rural area, Cecil County also affords us a lot of great, you know, things of having the space to, you know, to operate, right? We we have, you know, a, a boiler building and water towers and things that are able to sustain ourselves. So the more closed loop and you know, operating within our own grid. And honestly, just automation is a lot, is where we've kind of found our, our niche to thrive in. So I think making sure that you design your business really from the ground up is something that can be done efficiently and can scale is I think important when, um, when thinking about what this looks like moving forward. Speaking of that automation, Justin, you know, obviously our, our podcast here is called Making Metric Easy. You know, what's been your experience with metric with the RFID tags? You know, what does what, what do you imagine life looks like for you if 
all of a sudden those tags were to maybe disappear. And if these tags disappeared, well, I, I would say metric does a good job of keeping us honest, right? And what I know is that the time that I have to spend in the system is the time that other people have to spend in the system. And I think the the integrity of the system itself is is worth the time and effort that it takes to use it. I think metric operates and maybe maybe I'm in the minority, but I think it has a very simple and easy to follow logic. The only way through is forward, right? So as long as all of your operations or whatever you're trying to do, you keep in mind that there probably isn't an undo to what you're doing. I think it, you know, it works just fine. Um, as far as RFID is concerned, I mean, there was a hiccup where we had a miscoding of tags between the barcodes and RFIDs that we had to kind of work through for through a couple plant batches. And I mean, the complaints I fielded from our team when we had to switch to barcode scanners for a couple months was was loud, if not uh, deafened by the thank yous when we got to switch back to RFID. It's when you have a task that you have to do you know, hundreds, if not thousands of times, like scanning a tag, being able to wave it over and knowing that data is being captured, it allows your, your mind and body to work in a lot more sync. I think a lot of times when it's like click, pause, wait, then go, you know what I mean? That's one, it makes, it makes work harder. It makes it less enjoyable. And honestly, I think with, with, with the way RFID works, it's just, it allows you to be more efficient and catch things as you're going. Cause you can work at the speed that you're working, not at the behest of, you know, not getting slowed down by having to write everything down and then enter it in later. And exactly. They basically put a video together for us showing the, the actual system in use. And I kind of had thrown it out to our existing customers to say, hey, look, people want a show and tell piece. Sarah did a phenomenal job. Carpaccini, I think, correct? So Sarah Sarah put it together and under Justin's guidance. It ended up being very interesting because a lot of people can actually see a system in real time being used in a facility like SunMed, and uh, it's definitely impressive. So I want to thank you for that, Justin. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's, it's an even better story when you know that Sarah is actually someone who started in our greenhouse and was, in fact, on the harvest team when, you know, she was able to express that, you know, hey, like, you know, I also have an interest in, you know, photography, like I do this. And, you know, the the opportunity came up, we needed, you know, some shots of, you know, every, there's always a need for cola shots or for, you know, social media stuff, right? So we're like, oh, you know, you know, we could probably ask Sarah to do this, right? And then lo and behold, she shows us this incredible talent. And we actually moved her from the greenhouse over to the office to be our in-house photographer and videographer. So when you asked her to put the, that video together, it's like, a real full circle of now I can document the thing that I was working on that before I, you know, got to use my talent, I can use my talent now to show off this thing I used to do. So. No, yeah, she did a great job and I want to just give her a shout out. Cause again, if anyone needs a good videographer, she can help you off hours, of course, off hours. Yeah. She's all ours, but after, uh, after the last bell rings, by all means. Speaking of pictures and videos, where can people see stuff on you guys? What are your social media handles? Where, where so I'm actually very proud of a newly revamped website. We have sunmedgrowers.com. We're very active on Instagram and Facebook. So sunmed.growers, sunmed.labs. Our website's great. We have you know great resources like a blog to tell you about you know the benefits of sun-grown versus indoor or 
how to grow outside. And then as long as, as well as some other great resources, like a strain guide to give you the lineage on anything that we grow, right? So if you're looking for potent indica like Snoop Dogg OG or a heavy hitting sativa like golden pineapple, right? And you find yourself more curious about the product, check out this, check out sunmedgrowers.com. Find out all the fabulous products you can find those strains in, like our five-pack pre-roll tins or the thousands of pre-rolls that we make using our automated machines here at SunMed um, or any of our pre-packed flower increments. And then what's great about being a grower and a processor and not having your own dispensary is that I don't have to compete. We don't have to compete with our customers. So as of right now, there's just shy of 100 dispensaries and we're proud to say that we have just shy of 100 customers. Um, so if you like SunMed, you should be able to find a quality, affordable medicine and product at any dispensary you can find in Maryland. Awesome. Well, really, that Miss said, we, we have a dispensary tool now called Maverick. So please introduce this to them. <laughs> Absolutely. I think uh, the, the the auditing and plant finding task, well, like when we, uh, when we uh, mess with the Desperado for a yep. little bit as well, I'm sure that Maverick is probably just as potent of a tool. So I will, I, if, if there's ever anything I can do, I'm happy, please send them my way and I will do nothing but send uh well wishes to, to what you guys do with the team there. Appreciate I'll be it. calling you right after the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> so with adult use in full swing there in Maryland, Justin, what sort of trends are you guys seeing as far as your flower strains and your other products? So with adult use, there's a couple categories that we see kind of explode, right? And that's basically edibles and vapes. So I mentioned that SunMed was late in the game of, of acquiring a processor license. We actually launched that in December of 2021. Um, but since then, we kind of very quickly took on to becoming, you know, a market leader in dabbable extracts and vapes, right? We love producing live resin. It's a, it's a product that you, when you have a lot of biomass to be able to freeze and put aside for the lab instead of a dispensary, it makes a fantastic product. In adult use, the things that we're seeing is a spike in basically edible purchases and vape purchases. And, you know, edibles is something that we are just now getting into the market for. So we recently opened a, a 25,000 square foot expansion of SunMed Labs, which is basically a dedicated edibles factory space. So we have a chocolate room, a gummy room, and a commercial kitchen to do everything that's not a chocolate or a gummy. And that's a long-winded way of saying in adult use, we anticipate people getting a lot of edibles. So we've shifted gears to trying to produce a lot of edibles. So SunMed Sunnies are starting to hit shelves now. You can find Sunnies chocolates and milk and dark and white chocolate. Sunnies gummies have nine great flavors like blue raspberry and cinnamon and watermelon and some other great ones. And then baked goods should be coming out before the end of the year. So with adult use, it is it is all edibles and vapes, and we're trying to get everybody hip to the uh, to the great product that is live resin. And uh, with the current regs, the only way they can really experience it is is in a vape. If you're in a, if you're an adult use consumer, we highly recommend <laughs> consuming either that and either a SunMed Labs vape or an Aero Brands vape or Cookies, which are two of our partner brands um, that people may may recognize as well. So where where's SunMed looking to expand in the next five years? Five years is five years is going to be an interesting picture. I mean, it's it's hard, it's crazy to think of where we ended up in five years from opening, you know, basically con- finishing construction in 2017 to now, right? And we've undergone two expansions since then, and by the and at the end of this year, we're going to be putting a roof over the outdoor grow and expanding basically again. 
in the next five years. I think a lot of that depends on the landscape, you know, federally. But I think what I know SunMed will be is right here in the state of Maryland, a one state operator with a very focused team and present and, you know, someone at the helm like Jake, who's locked in on continuing to make SunMed, SunMed bigger and better. So in the next five years, I see SunMed becoming an even bigger house of brands. So adding more value like Arrow and Cookies. And there's a few other exciting ones in the hopper that I can't quite share yet, but we'll be hitting you know the Maryland news soon in, in the form of some more national brands that we want to see brought here to Maryland. So I think in a world where there's serious operators looking to you know partner and be you know aligned with another serious operator. I think five years is going to be a story of, you know, of partnership and growth. Yeah. In fact, to, to that end, isn't Jake the head of the Growers Association or wasn't he, if I'm mistaken? Yep. So we, Jake, Jake was the founding, was the first president for the Cannabis Wholesalers Association. So the trade association for basically the growers and the processors and then stepped down and then is now retaking the helm to lead the group. So um, in a world of uh, you know post adult use regulations, you know someone pointed out you know there are there there's all they're already drafting possible you know changes and updates to the law and regulation and I mean you know look you know cannabis is going to be you know similar to alcohol in that you know we've we ended prohibition you know a hundred years ago but every year there's you know there's new laws that try to tweak the system so you know cannabis entering the mainstream of commerce now like it's it's up for one of those things that's gonna you know, constantly be tweaked a little bit. And I think, you know, having a voice in, you know, our trade association helps keep us all, you know, aligned and on the same page that, you know, we want a steady hand without a lot of, you know, crazy change. We want to make sure everyone has, you know, a seat at the table, make sure there's enough pie to go around as we add more licenses. And for the most part, we just want to make sure that, you know, we can continue to operate. So being involved in the trade association, is it's great to have Jake in a place of, of leadership to be, you know, a, a thought leader and someone who can, you know, really help answer questions and point people, you know, in the right direction for this industry. How have you felt about the rollout with adult use in Maryland? Do you, what, what kind of things do you think Maryland's done right? Or what sort of changes would you like to see as it expands further? I think Maryland did a really great job at launching a system quickly to answer the problem of how do we get cannabis out of the illegal stream of commerce, right? So when this thing got passed in the ballot in November, it is a very tall order to draft regulations, create a market and get the current players on board and understanding of, of what we have to do. So to that end, I think the July one launch went pretty well. I'd be lying if I said that the week before July one wasn't a little stressful, <laughs> but I think that's uh, with a lot of changes that have to, all have to happen. You got to flip the switch at some point. Um, but I think they did a very good with communicating with everybody and making sure that come July one stores were able to sell and they, they were able to have the product they needed to sell. So, uh, that being said, moving forward with adult use, I'd like to see, I'd like to just make sure that we keep the same communication and, you know, thoughtful, like line, line of communication that we have with our regulators. Yeah, I think it's it's easy to point at things like, you know, concentrates being a medical only product as something to change. But at the same time, we don't know, you know, what the right, you know, mix of keeping of of how we can keep the medical program alive and thriving and 
how we can, you know, also make sure that people have access to what they need. So I think as of right now, there aren't so many changes as we like to see as so much as just, you know, a continuum that allows this marketplace to mature and, and grow and some new products get added. Justin, I have one last question for you. We ask every guest who comes to the show, who is your favorite outlaw? Can be historical, fictional, modern day, anybody. Oh, no, this is the question that's been stressing me out the whole time. I'm trying to think of the answer. I think it's not the most original, but as a huge fan of the HBO show Deadwood, I am a big fan of Wild Bill Hickok. There we go. I think so that's the that, first. That, if that's the first, good. I'll take it. I claim to be the first one who, who said Wild Bill Hickok. So, yeah, he's a, a, a great show and a great character that uh, I had a lot of fun, a lot of fun watching. Nothing wrong with a a gambling man who believes in justice. That is true. Well, thank you, Justin, for being on our show. We really had a great time talking with you. Same. This was great. Look, we should do this again sometime. (laughs) Thanks, everyone, for listening. If you have any questions you'd like us to ask on our show about compliance, metric, or automation, or inventory, please email them to us at info at outlawtechnology.net. You can download past episodes of our program by going to outlawtechnology.net, cannabisradio.com, or the Cannabis Radio app for iTunes and Google Play, as well as subscribing to the show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, Pandora, Spotify, and iHeartRadio. Thanks for listening, and be well.